I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, needing to fill the void from the departure of Game of Thrones on HBO, I found something to temporarily help, and it's on HBO. I'll tell you about Chernobyl. Plus... I'm Jeff Braun. As we head into graduation season, the movie gods have offered up a last day of school movie for the ages. I'll review Booksmart. And I watched a sequel, then immediately watched the classic that spawned said sequel. I'll tell you about that a little bit later on. For now, let's begin. Started watching a show this week, an HBO miniseries, five episodes. Started almost a month ago, but I keep bumping into people who are watching it and then tell me that I should watch it. It's called, as mentioned just a moment ago, Chernobyl. And rather than just play you a clip, let's play you the whole trailer here because it is chilling. All of the good we did, it doesn't matter. What does matter is that to them, justice was done. See, a just world is a sane world. There was nothing sane about Chernobyl. Pleased to report that the situation in Chernobyl is stable. In terms of radiation, I'm told it's the equivalent of a chest X-ray. No, Chernobyl is on fire, and every atom of uranium is like a bullet, penetrating everything in its path. Metal, concrete, flesh. Now Chernobyl holds over three trillion of these bullets. Some of them will not stop firing for 50,000 years. Tell me how to put it out. You are dealing with something that has never occurred on this planet before. Cut the phone lines. Contain the spread of misinformation. What will happen to our boys? The pain is unimaginable. In three days to three weeks, you're dead. You can see him, and you cannot touch him. Do you understand? What happened on the night of the accident? Asking the right question will give you the truth. There is no truth. What happened there? If you're not familiar with Chernobyl and what happened there, on April 26, 1986, the Chernobyl nuclear power plant in Ukraine, Soviet Union, suffered a massive explosion that released radioactive material across Belarus, Russia, and Ukraine, and as far as Scandinavia and Western Europe. Chernobyl dramatizes the story of the 1986 accident, one of the worst human-made catastrophes in history, and the sacrifices made to save Europe from the unimaginable disaster. 
disaster. Now, I admit, I knew very little about Chernobyl other than there was an explosion and the area is now uninhabitable. So this is all very new to me. Quick Google search revealed that some of the stuff in the show is fiction. They invented a character, for example, to help the dramatization, but otherwise it's mostly true. And what you see in this show is a staggering failure by the men involved. The hubris on display is shocking. The inability to accept the truth, and then the efforts to ignore the truth until it was too late. It's just awful to know how many people have gotten sick over the years because they weren't evacuated on time, and how many people got sick because the people in charge simply refused to believe what was really happening. It was just frustrating, like shout at the TV frustrating. Solid cast in this. You heard the voice of Jared Smith, or Jared Harris, pardon me. What is it, Jeff? I get... Who am I... It is... Oh... Yeah, keep talking. I'll look it up. Jared, I think it's Jared it Harris. I, I don't know why. Too. I don't know who Jared Smith is. <laughs> Maybe look up who Jared Smith is because I uh, I don't know where that came from. I'm surprised I didn't just say Jared Leto as well. Mostly full of familiar faces, the kind where you go, "Hey, that guy was the head of the Night's Watch in Game of Thrones," or "Hey, that was the crazy guy from The Terror on AMC." The two most recognizable cast members are Jared Harris as a professor and scientist who is brought in to help figure out the cleanup. Stellan Skarsgård plays a government official. An interesting thing to note, and you heard it in the trailer, all of the actors are speaking with their normal accent, whatever they may be, mostly British. Here's the explanation from writer-producer Craig Mazin. This is a quote now. The decision not to use Russian accents was a big one that we made early on. We had an initial thought that we didn't want to do the Boris and Natasha cliched accent because the Russian accent can turn comic very easily. At first, we thought that maybe we would have people do these sort of vaguely Eastern European accents, not really strong, but noticeable. What we found very quickly is that actors will act accents. They will not act. They will act accents. And we were losing everything about these people that we loved. Honestly, I think after maybe one or two auditions, we said, okay, new rule. We're not doing that anymore. Once again, that is Craig Mazin, writer-producer of Chernobyl. What'd you find there, Jeff? Jared Smith was uh, was an American football player who won a Super Bowl with the Seattle Seahawks in 2013 as an offensive lineman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think you... <laughs> I don't know where that yeah, came yeah. from. <clears throat> I'm a, it's a little weird at first with the accents because occasionally you will hear something in Russian or Ukrainian and then it goes back to English with no accent, but it's just it's not bothersome or distracting. I'm only two and a half episodes in. And this show is so good. It's so compelling. Very highly rated on Rotten Tomatoes at 96%. And it's apparently the highest rated TV show of all time on IMDb at 9.6, just ahead of Planet Earth 2 at 9.5. And then at 9.4, there's a glut with Band of Brothers, Planet Earth, Breaking Bad, and Game of Thrones. The show is horrifying to watch, even more so because it's true. Like, to see the people in charge not believe what they're being told, and the lunacy that results, and so many people being directly exposed to the radiation, which for some people results in torturous burns and pain. And they don't gloss over that. Like, they show you the effects of the radiation. Is it gross? Yeah, it's gross. Okay. It's And it's meant to be gross. It's yeah, yeah. not pleasant to watch and to know that that these people went through this. So yeah, it's a tough story to watch, but everything so far has been pretty much perfect as far as television goes. I've been catching up on the first three episodes on demand. As of right now, I'm two and a half episodes in. I had to stop halfway through the third one. Uh, Not because I 
you know, just something came up. Uh, episode four airs this weekend, and the miniseries finale is next weekend. So don't be surprised if this one cleans up the Emmys. It is outstanding television. Also, just a side note, watching the recent documentary Our Planet on Netflix, they actually visited Chernobyl to show... What it's like now. They, they, well, they, and they wanted to use it in, as, as an example of how our planet can bounce back if yeah. given time. So it was haunting to see all these empty, dilapidated buildings, but beautiful to see what's actually happening there right now because the plant life is thriving and animals have returned to live there. It's awesome. So there's hope, but watching Chernobyl right now, it is one of the bleakest things I've ever watched, but it's very good and it's an important show, I think. So check it out. It's on demand. If you've missed it, if you've got uh, cable, you should be able to order it through your PVR. Now, I highly recommend that. I do not recommend this next one. I actually started watching another show this week. It's on Netflix, and I stopped watching it. Really? It's called What If, and it stars Renee Zellweger. Now that you're on the brink of greatness, are there still limitations to what you'd be willing to sacrifice? In this case, a night alone with her husband. Would that be an acceptable condition of a firm offer to finance her company? The 10-episode season debuted May 24th. Here's the description. What slash if, so it's not just what if, it's what slash if. A mysterious stranger made you an offer too extraordinary to refuse. From revenge creator Mike Kelly, What If stars Renee Zellweger as ultimate game player Anne Montgomery. When Anne presents a young, cash-strapped couple with an incredible opportunity, they have to decide what they're willing to risk for a chance to have it all. So, Renee Zellweger, Anne Montgomery, rich businesswoman, sees an opportunity with this young scientist who's trying to raise capital to further develop into medical treatment, and Montgomery offers her the money for a night with her handsome husband. And if that sounds familiar, oh, yeah. that's because it's basically like the 1993 film Indecent Proposal. You have something that I just don't have. Well, I guess there's limits to what money can buy. Not many. Some things aren't for sale. Such as? But you can't buy people. So what are you saying? You can't buy love? That's a bit of a cliche, don't you think? absolutely true. Well, let's test the cliche. Suppose I were to offer you one million dollars for one night with your wife. So I was intrigued by the first episode, and I was just annoyed by the second episode, so I bailed out. There was an overarching mystery to the Zellweger character, Anne Montgomery, and what her motivations are, because her meeting this couple does not appear to be as random as it seems at first, and the show slowly starts to peel back layers of the story, but I just did not care enough yeah. to stick around, because the Zellweger character is just simply despicable and not in a good way. She is unlikable, and thus, for me, not she's unwatchable because it's one thing to have a character who is a jerk, but fun to watch, like Joffrey Baratheon in Game of Thrones. You love to hate him. Him, yeah, okay, Joffrey, yeah. The other guy, the the one that ended up in the Motley Crue movie, him, not so much. Uh, was that, was his name Roos Bolton? That's it. Yeah, yeah. the one that tortured Theon Ramsey Bolton Ramsey. Yeah, Ramsey. Well, it, but, but no, but I see what you mean. Yeah, when if there's something, they got to have some. Uh, what do you call it? Like some charm to them, right? Yeah. And well, and even with Ramsey Bolton, he was tough to watch, but he served the story and you understood. And I think that was a thing. You know, a character who is a jerk, but you understand their motivations. 
and you also know that you hope that eventually that they they'll get their comeuppance. But with her, we don't know her motivations yet. Plus, she's the lead. What's that? Plus, she's yeah. the lead. She's basically the main star. So in the meantime, we just have to watch her be a jerk. And I'm not interested enough in the various mysteries at play here. The whole what-if theme, should also point out, also applies to some of the supporting characters as they wrestle with their own moral dilemmas and temptations, which actually were interesting, but again, not interesting enough to watch eight more episodes. So I gave up. It's got a 48% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, so I'm not alone in thinking it sucks. I should point out my girlfriend liked it more than I did. I just walked past one of my colleagues in the hall who said he thinks it's not bad, but I think Hmm. it's awful i can't recommend it in good conditions. it sounds like the sort of thing where if without the mystery element it would be a it might they could make a good show out of that but there's a thing where oh you know some of these other shows and introduce these mystery elements that go over really well so all these other shows think they have to do that and then you just you spoil a good premise by unnecessarily putting some mystery into it up next we'll tell you what's coming to home video and i want to preview a vampire show coming to amc you're listening to the couch potatoes welcome back to the couch potatoes i'm jeff he's going to take a look now at what's coming out on home video this coming week. There's a family in our driveway. Can I help you? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> Run! They won't stop until they kill us. Yes, Us is coming to Digital HD on June 4th, starring Lupita Nyong'o, and it's from Jordan Peele, who, of course, had a big hit with Get Out a couple of years ago. We both saw Us. I think, somehow, I like this horror movie more than you did, which I don't understand. You like because I Jordan Peele. I do like my Jordan Peele, and also, I because I don't see very many scary movies, I think I'm probably easier to impress because, you know, I don't have, like, the whole history of horror movies working against every movie I go see. Well, and the thing is, Jordan Peele's movies, I, I don't know that I would even go so far as to call them horror movies. They're more Scare like me, thrillers that have yeah. a couple of scares. Okay, uh, but yeah, they, I just, I found it too weird. I, I loved Get Out. Loved, loved, loved it. This one I just thought was a little too bizarre. It was about, it's the one with the doppelgangers where this family sees a family that looks just like them and they terrorize them. And that that's sort of where it starts. And it takes a bunch of twists and turns that yeah you couldn't possibly see coming. I thought it was really, it freaked me out. It freaked me out. I had I felt une- every time I thought about it for the next month, I felt uneasy about it. I would get out of the shower and just feel as like if one of those people comes in here right now, I'm going to scream. And just there's there's creepy kids in it too. That really does it for me. Cre- kids with creepy grins that sticks with me. And this movie's got a lot of that. So uh, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It's definitely I, I would say it's unlike anything you've seen before. But again, I haven't seen all the scary movies, so I thought it was great. Also out on Digital HD on Tuesday, uh, the animated feature. Wonder Park and on Blu-ray there's nothing new but if you are one of these 4K nerds that likes to get hard copies of movies you like the original four Batmans the two the Tim Burton ones and the Joel Schumacher ones the Toy Story series and the Matrix movies all being released on 4K next week oh it looks like it's time for me to get 4K then if they're doing the Matrix movies how many times have you bought those movies uh 
Did you have VHS? And- yeah, VHS and then DVD. Yeah. Blu-ray? And then Blu-ray. There you go. And uh, I almost bought the, the anniversary Blu-ray, but I didn't because I'd already bought the anthology collection. Hey, I'll just quickly tell you, there's a new show debuting this Sunday on AMC. It spells out like a license plate, N-O-S-4-A-2. If you say that phonetically, it sounds like Nosferatu, i.e. vampire. Now, Stephen King says it's crazy scary. The synopsis reads, based on Joe Hill's New York Times bestselling novel of the same name, Nosferatu is a different kind of vampire story. It follows Vic McQueen, a gifted young woman who discovers she has a supernatural ability to find lost things. This ability puts her on a collision course with the evil and immortal Charlie Manx, who is a supernatural villain who feeds off the souls of children and then deposit what remains of them into Christmas land, a twisted place of Manx's imagination where every day is Christmas day and unhappiness is against the law. Vic strives to defeat Manx and rescue his victims without losing her mind or falling victim to him. Last year, AMC had an excellent scary-ish show called The Terror, so I've had high hopes for this one since I first saw an ad a few months ago and wondered, what is that? Stephen King gives it a solid endorsement, but it's at 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. Doesn't mean I won't try it, but now my expectations have tempered somewhat, and I sort of suspect I may end up not finishing this show. But up next, I am definitely excited to hear what Jeff has to say about Booksmart, and you're not going to believe what happened to me at John Wick. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. We're going to talk some movies now, including a new one I watched this week called Booksmart. Okay. Whoa. What? What? Isn't it crazy that it's the last day of school? Are you kidding me, Samantha? We didn't party because we wanted to get into good colleges, and it worked. The irresponsible people did both. We have to go to a party tonight. What? Just kidding. I don't have one. Book smart. Rated all. Everywhere. Memorial Day weekend. Book smart stars Beanie Feldstein and Caitlin Dever as two grade 12 girls looking to leave high school in style. Feldstein has had some very memorable roles in movies like Lady Bird and Neighbors 2. I've always enjoyed her performances. Nice to see her get a good lead role, though. And Dever, I remember from Justified. She was very good in season two of that. She's also in uh, Tim Allen's Last Man Standing sitcom. It's also the movie, uh, the directorial debut for Olivia Wilde, who you may know as an actress. There was a lot of online chatter this past week about uh, the low box office score. I think it finished fifth last weekend. I noticed it's not really playing on many screens, like it's not necessarily playing at every multiplex even. So not the widest rollout, which would affect the box office. It is a bit of a bummer, though, because movies directed by women and starring women are too rare. You'd like to see them do well. Frankly, you want all the good movies to do well, and this movie is fantastic. I think it's going to have a long life ahead of it, even if the box office isn't great. History is filled with movies like that, so this will be one of them, I think. Feldstein and Devers play Molly and Amy. Again, two grade 12 girls. They're best friends. Devers is a lesbian. They are not girlfriends, though. They're just friends. Uh, They're also straight edges. That's the thing. They spent all of high school studying hard, getting good grades so they could get into good colleges. They have no time for any of their classmates who they look down upon. They see them as losers who have been wasting their lives and screwing up their futures by acting like regular teenagers. Then, the day before graduation, they find out that most of the kids that they consider losers... All got into good colleges, too, and they're not impressed with that. They're thinking, why did we waste four years studying when all these burnouts got into the same schools, but also had fun for four years? So... 
They decide to make the most of their last night in high school and plan to go to the popular boys' big party. What follows is their odyssey trying to get to that party. They end up at a couple of other much stranger parties. They meet some crazy strangers as well and get to know some of their classmates who they've largely ignored all these years and general hijinks ensue. It's a lot of fun. It's also very sweet and poignant at times. It's everything you want in a movie like this. Also, as we heard in the clips there, it's rated R for a lot of foul language, which is also what you want in a movie like this. I think I think most people would describe it as super bad, but for girls, which is kind of dismissive. It's a bit deeper than super bad ever was, and it feels a little bit more realistic as well. The leads are terrific, like I said. You believe they're friends. They sell all the different emotions they go through during their ordeal of an evening, and it's quite the roller coaster. The supporting characters are equally good. Olivia Wilde does a masterful job guiding them through the business of starting off as weirdos, but coming off as real people by the end of the movie, who you can uh, actually identify with and think of as real people. And we were talking Jared's before. There's a kid in this movie named Jared who at the beginning of the movie is, you're like, this is the weirdest guy ever. It's so fake. And he reminds me in that context of someone, I won't say who it is on the air, someone we both sort of know. I'll tell you later, Brett. Okay. How's that for intrigue? But by the end of the movie, it's like, oh, he's just a regular kid. He's just a regular human that he just wants someone to love him and to love someone. You know what I mean? He's looking for the exact same thing out of life that the rest of us are. And I think that's the real big draw, even more so than the laughs, of which there are many, including a pizza delivery guy who sort of steals a movie for a few minutes. But this movie has a, a, a real-life, true-life vibe to it. It brought back a lot of memories and feelings about being that age and especially looking to go to a party. I grew up in a small town and most of the fun we had, you know, was party hopping on a Friday or Saturday night when we were teenagers. It's just a great time in your life and to recapture it for two hours was very welcome. I will give it four couch cushions out of five for Booksmark. Also, you mentioned, we were talking Nosferatu before. Yep. You said how it looks like a license plate. Yep. That reminds me uh, that this other, this Jared in this movie, he's got a car that has a license plate. That's the funniest thing, but no... uh, government agency that issues license plates would ever issue anyone that license really so, yeah, yeah it's it's i was like well that's movie fake but it's don't make me laugh you can't say it because for spoilers or because oh it's no, no for it's rated r yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> like it would be illegal to put that on the outside of your car <laughs> okay well hey i look forward to seeing this movie and uh it's not doing bad in the box office as well uh i mean for a small movie like this so i think that it might have a little bit of staying power it potentially awards talk i would uh, it's it's more of a comedy than anything so and those just tend to even if they do deserve it sort of get shut out yeah. but maybe like well golden globes got the comedies category and then we might see some acting or writing awards here too or nominations anyways cool yeah now, good stuff last week you reviewed john wick chapter three parabellum what did you give it four and a half coach cushions out of five is that right okay yeah. well i went to see it this week TikTok, mr wick You expect him to make it out? A $14 million bounty on his head. Everyone in the city wants a piece of it. I say the odds are about even. Welcome back. Let's do this. John Wick, Chapter 3, rated R, May 17th. So I said you won't believe what happened although i'm not sure i can't remember how honest i've been about this in recent months but i've sort of started a, a, a disturbing trend has developed for me for when i go to the movies we're in our 40s now brett that's part of it i it's fell asleep to admit it. 
He fell asleep. I fell asleep, and I fell asleep. <laughs> <That's> an action move. <laughs> well, hang on. I'll get to that in yeah. a moment. But yeah, I, I, not only did I fall asleep, but I fell asleep basically through the last half hour. Oh, my god. Like, when gosh. I finally woke up and was able to stay awake, yep. the movie ended two minutes later. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I just... I, I didn't fall asleep, like, for a sustained period but it was like i would doze off and just sort of catch myself sleeping and then i would wake up and i would say okay stay awake stay awake and i kind of take a deep breath and i'd be right into it like i was right into the action and then i would find myself a couple minutes later with my chin on my chest like what is going on here so i don't know if i have narcolepsy maybe i need to talk to a doctor but because it happened to me during mission impossible fallout it's so weird that it's the loud action movies. It's not like you're watching you know, like Shakespeare in Love or something like that. You know what I mean? Like a quiet movie that might actually lull you to sleep. Well, and it made sense during Fallout because I fell asleep during the lull. Oh, the talking movie. part. Yeah. yeah, I fell asleep during the second act. And then by the time the action ramped up, I had already started falling asleep. So it was basically the action that would jar me awake. Like there was a scene in John Wick where I kind of woke up like... Bleh! After a super loud shotgun blast, no doubt someone getting their head blown off. So I essentially missed how the climax of the film played out. I did see enough to understand what was going on, and I enjoyed the end. And I don't know in the end that it really mattered that I missed it, because this movie, while I love John Wick, I love these movies, and I really like Keanu Reeves in the role, this movie I found... it's too much? Almost too much. I'll say almost because it was super fun and I kept waiting for the knife part because there was one moment where I thought, was that it? Because that was pretty gross. Was that, or no, Was that was pretty violent. But then when it happened, I, I knew. It's like, oh, that's the one. Because yeah. it takes like 20 seconds. It's so gross. Yeah, it, it is. It is painful, and I, <laughs> it, I, I kind of liked the knife stuff because it was. It added yeah. uh, some creativity yep. to the movies. Not to say that the previous two movies were not creative, but it just was a new dimension. Or yeah. like when he, if it had been six straight gunfights, it would have been boring. Yeah, or when he fought a guy with a book. That book one at the beginning is that was. That was that got a lot of good laughs in the theater when I saw it. Yeah, and that was that, that guy's a real life NBA player. Yeah, Boban Boban Marjanovic. I think Serbian basketball player. He's seven foot three. So it was. Imagine Keanu Reeves, who's not a little guy, but his opponent is seven three, and it shouldn't have gone John Wick's way. But he's John Wick. So I uh, look. I enjoyed it. I, I thought the the fights were the action was tremendous, but it was just so much action. It was relentless. Yeah. And I guess that's the point of these movies. There isn't really a story. He's just out for revenge, and you can nod off and pick it up real easy when you when you come out of it. You know what I mean? So it's easy. Uh, th- that's what sort of worries me about John Wick 4 because they set up a fourth one yep. and it's like if this is as nuts as John Wick 3 is and they always try and crank it up a notch for each one it's like how much more can it get before it is actually too much or just too ridiculous and I hope that they call it yeah like I don't want to see any more after no. 4 like just leave it and Keanu Reeves is what 54 now yeah not to suggest he can't do it because he's older but he's getting older and they can't just keep making these movies like we had, how old is Tom Cruise now he's 55 I believe yeah. and he's they've got two more coming but they're shooting them back to back and you know they're also racing against the clock which is just him aging yeah yeah so I don't know that I can even really give it a couch rating because I didn't see the whole movie. Yeah, it's not so fair. I And I'd, I have to go back and see if I gave Mission Impossible Fallout a rating. What I did see, I'll give it four <laughs> out of five. There you go. Up next, I watched a sequel this past week. 
for a film that's been out for a couple of years. It was a sequel for a movie that's been out for like 20 years. I'll tell you what those are because I watched them both. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff, he's Brett, and we have reason this week, weirdly enough, to talk about the Jumanji movies. Oh my God! Where's my hair? Where's the rest of me? We're in different people's body. Bethany, don't look at it. No! I'm an overweight middle-aged man. Wait a second. Where's my phone? Don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. Jumanji, welcome to the jungle. It came out Christmas time 2017, so it's about a year and a half old. It was a huge hit and a very surprising hit. I think most of the people thought it was a bad idea out of the gate. A sequel to the 95 movie starring Robin Williams, and not exactly a stone cold classic of a movie either, that first one. The new one starred The Rock and Jack Black and Kevin Hart and a few others, like Bobby Cannavale, who was literally in everything for a few years there. And it made $962 million in the worldwide box office. Lazy as couch potatoes are, we never bought. <laughs> to see it until this past Christmas. I watched it on a plane and I loved it. I was a little self-conscious that people would think I was crazy because I was very clearly enjoying it. I was laughing and it probably it probably looked like I was watching a kid's movie to most people, but it was a blast. And this week, Brett, you saw it as well. That's right. I finally watched Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. I can't even remember how I watched it. I think it's on Crave or Net... I don't know. Crave, Netflix, PVR, whatever. I just... I've got the Shaw Blue Sky and I just push the microphone and, and say Jumanji and it pops. It tells you whatever... Like, whatever platform it's on and it's just there. So, uh, if you've got that, try it that way. But uh, I loved it! Yeah! It was it was the most fun that I've had watching a movie... I don't... I'm, I'm scared to say years because I feel like that is an exaggeration and yeah, I know yeah. I have a ten- tendency right, right. to exaggerate, but... It really did feel like that, and I, I am sad that I didn't go to see it yeah. in theaters. I, that's what I was watching it on, like, the three-inch screen on an airplane. I was just like, what what, what did we, what did I miss? Why didn't I go see this in the theater? This is hilarious and fun. It was just exciting all the way through. It was, and it was clever, and I just wasn't expecting that. And The Rock, weirdly enough, like, shows, like, The Rock is usually the same guy in every movie. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's... He's got range. Yeah. He's, he should do more stuff, more different kinds of stuff. Well, and the performances those actors had to give were actually pretty complicated performances because they were acting yeah, like body the switch kids. Movie, right? yeah. yeah. So they, they had to do the, they're, they're, they've got these kids inside them, but they're still they with their own physical attributes. So it was fun to see The Rock play a nerdy, self-conscious person person and actually sell it like you believed yep. that he was that he was self-conscious and scared and that he wasn't just pretending to be yeah kevin hart was basically kevin hart yeah Let's so jack it. black was J- jack black i, I kind of you bought it but it was still jack black yeah it was a jack black <laughs> impersonation and it was also nice to see karen gillen and it's funny because all right is she blue from the avengers yeah she's okay. nebula right. in the avengers and i remember when i saw the first saw the trailer for this i thought I know, I know those from? three big stars, but I have no idea who she is. And turns out she's Nebula from the Avengers. But yeah, I love this man. And and then seeing Nick Jonas pop up in, a, in an interesting yeah. way was yeah. cool. And then you watch the first one. And then I immediately watched the first one. I can't remember the first one. You tell your story about the first one. So I, I had never seen Jumanji. So I watched yeah. the movies out of order and I said to uh, do i need to, to see the first one and i was told well it'll be more exciting the sequel will be more exciting 
As it turns out, that's not the case at all. No, uh, because the 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 main character from that first movie, his name pops up once in the sequel, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought that for the first movie was fun too. But it's the opposite of this movie, right? Yeah, it's, the, it, the game comes out into our world, and in this movie, the characters go from our world into the game. That's right. Okay. Yeah, and then the, the effects obviously are are dated in that first one, but they still hold up pretty well. Like was, a lot of the effects yeah. still hold up. Like I wouldn't. I wouldn't criticize them at all. That was the big selling point at the time, I remember. Like, it was state-of-the-art CGI or whatever to have those rhinoceros jump out and go running around the house or the town or whatever it was. Yeah, and I think that was probably the selling point, and and that movie ended up being more about set pieces and how can we do this next effects gag. Right. And the story was it seemed like it was written around that. But it was still a fun story and Robin Williams is great in everything and I don't remember that movie. I remember going to see that movie though. This is one of my weirder stories. I was in college in Brandon, Manitoba and the local giant theater there, The Strand, it's not there anymore, which is a shame. It was like an 800 seat theater. Wow. On the weekends they would have a Looney Matinees. And you could go see a movie for a dollar at okay. one in the afternoon. And my friend and I decided we're poor college students. Let's go see it. And what we didn't realize, and Jumanji, it's, it's sort of a kid's movie, right? Yeah. And everybody in town had apparently just dropped their kids off at the door of the theater with a loony in their hand. Oh, no. Because we were 19 years old and we were the oldest people in the theater by a lot. Oh, God. And for the first 20 minutes, it was fine. But after 20 minutes, kids get restless, and it turned into uh, – there was more chaos in that theater than on the screen. I remember that. And I was just like, this is insane. But it was – you know, it gave us an afternoon of entertainment for a dollar. So in all in all, it was good, but I was, just, I was just flabbergasted by what was happening in that theater. I was like, aren't there any parents here? It was insane. So are, are you wanting to go back and watch Jumanji? I, I, I would sort of – if it was on TV, I would – Definitely check it out. Because that's on de- available on demand as well. That's how I watched both of them. Uh, I, I was able to just grab them from my PVR, so I enjoyed that. I had a fun afternoon last weekend watching the Jumanji movies, and now I'm excited for Jumanji 3, which is scheduled for December 2019, and all five of the actors from Welcome to the Jungle are back. The Rock, Kevin Hart, Jack Black, Karen Gillan, and even Nick Jonas. Oh, wow. Which will be interesting to see how that plays out because of the way that movie ended. Yeah, that's right. So who knows how they get sucked back into the game. Is it called uh, Jumanji Use Your Illusion or something like that? (laughs) (laughs) That would be great if they continued with the Guns N' Roses theme. (laughs) That's all the time we've got. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Next week, it's the June movie preview. And remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. Don't bother.